back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is your host, John Duncan, and I'm joined with my co-hosts, Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. Fellas, how are y'all doing this evening? Doing great, John. How about yourself? Can't complain, Darian. You doing all right? I know you're yes, staying busy. <laughs> yes, sir. Staying busy. You know, just left daughter all-star practice. She made a little all-star team for basketball, and she's improving, so... No, regular daily daily life dad stuff. Well, good to hear. And before we get going, uh, most of our audience is going to be listening to this on Valentine's Day. So, you know, all three of us are happily married. So we want to shout out our wives real quick. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, you know, to the to the women of the Blazer Victory podcast. And like Darian said last episode, you know, they put up with a lot to allow us to do this uh, so frequently and, you know, just do what we love. So shout out to all three of our wives. And I know they're listening right now. So shout out. And, and John, I'm going to be real. And I've already had this conversation with my wife. I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, Cause we don't do anything to be honest. Cause it's, it's so corporate. Like you got to buy these chocolate, you got to oh buy these balloons, go go on a trip. And uh, when you get you... older, you know, it's anniversary. Kids, exactly. Yeah. It's anniversary. That's important. It's birthdays, Christmas, all of this. And Valentine's, you know, I, I, buy a bear for my girls or something you know, like, you know may have a good dinner but yeah happy and happy i almost said anniversary happy <laughs> oh yeah well glad we're all jimmy are you in agreement about well i don't want to put you on the spot but are you no no okay one thousand percent we were talking about valentine's earlier and i was like i'm just stressing out about tomorrow and she's like it ain't a big deal but i still can't help but stress out about it yeah <laughs> well guys go ahead if you if you're listening right now and you have not checked out our new website go to www.blazervictory.com we've already got some articles on there of course we're posting this podcast on here so if you have not checked out the blazer victories website definitely right now click the link below in your podcast uh, on apple Podcasts, youtube wherever you're listening now and check out www.blazervictory.com. And guys, hey, this is non-UAB related, but, you know, we had the Super Bowl Sunday. Well, do you guys have some thoughts on, you know, I don't know if you want to go Rihanna, if you want to talk about the game. Like, do you guys have any thoughts in regards to the Super Bowl? Oh. <laughs> uh. Jimmy, what you got? What you got? I was about for? to toss it to Darian and be like, let me give this to Darian <laughs> real quick. Um, yeah, I'm always going to be honest with the UAB fan base. Uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl. I watched oh. highlights of the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I was like most other people. I played a lot of fantasy football. Um, I, I kicked that habit maybe two years ago. And ever since I stopped playing fantasy football, it's been a little bit hard. I've got the red zone on Sundays and, and we'll still tune in a little bit, but I just couldn't get into yesterday's game for one reason or another. I'm still obviously in the middle of basketball season. So I'm not going to lie uh, to UAB uh, fan base. I did not watch the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I was, I'm very vested in, in the, in the Super Bowl. I was, I'm very vested into um, fantasy football. I love fantasy football. Like I'm in multiple leagues and, you know, money leagues, but also, you know, I've done a lot of video work and I've done work with um, James Bradbury. You know, he went he went to Hueytown here and, you know, cornerback for the Eagles played at Samford. 
Um, and he's the most humble, the most soft-spoken guy. Like, he's the type of guy that you uh, wouldn't mind if he dated your sister. You know, <laughs> he's that type of guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just a really good dude. You know, to see that to see that call at the end of the game thrown on him. And I know he said that he, he said took, in post-game that it was a hold, wasn't it? Yes, but if you know James, I wouldn't expect anything different because, like I said, he is just that type of guy. Like he's gonna take accountability. I'm like, at some point, you know, have you have you been around people that take accountability to a fault? Yes. That's that's James because he's such a leader and he's he's such a you know kind of like a do the right thing. He's a, a great guy, you know. And um, and and I I would disagree with James like right there because it's like if any Game of Thrones fans out there, you know, you we had this. You know, during Game of Thrones, you had this great season, like these great seasons all the way up. Like it was the best show I've ever watched. And you got to the ending, you got to season eight. And it was just like, this is what we're doing here. Like, this is how we're going to end all of this, you know, like this great writing. And we're just going to throw, basically, they threw a flag and let it decide the game. I'm not saying that Kansas City wouldn't have won. Kansas City was rolling, and I don't know what was going on with Philly's backfield. Uh, defensive backfield, but uh, man, they had got the third down stop. Usually wasn't gonna catch that ball anyway, you know. Let them let them kick a field goal. It's gonna be about a minute and forty some seconds left with a timeout. Jalen was cooking. I liked seeing how he was cooking. AJ Brown, Mississippi Silk Boy, stand up. You know, like the boys was cooking, man. And uh, I just wanted to see a classic of a game. It was such a good game. I wanted to see it in the right way. And to see it end on a freaking flag. Yeah. Come on, man. Let them play. And you see a lot of people, like, talking about, like, the, the last couple weeks, it's been like, is the NFL really rigged? Like, is, <laughs> the like, script. I, it's, it's the, yeah, the, is it scripted? And, I mean, you look at a play like that late in a ball game, and it wasn't, it, in my opinion, it was not a blatant, like, obvious hole. Like, it was, he oh, maybe man. tugged it a little bit, but they do that every play, like, and to throw that flag there, I don't know. But but in regards to the game, I had no rooting interest. I, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, so we we long out of the playoff picture before <laughs> before we. Uh, oh yeah, you ain't <laughs> got to bring that up now. But uh, but I mean, I've I've been part of the reason why I haven't watched a lot of NFL recently um, is well because the Falcons kind of suck. But other than that, like I just hadn't really got into it you know I've been so focused kind of what Jimmy said you know on like you know college basketball right now and college football and honestly sometimes after Saturdays guys I get burnt out like um you know just doing all this stuff um I still love it though don't get me wrong but so on Sundays you know I'm trying to spend more time with the family and you know church and everything so I hadn't really got into the NFL but I did watch that whole game on Sunday and I thought it was a heck of a game um so uh, I thought the halftime show was good. Um, I know we, we don't have to get too deep into that, uh, but but yeah, um, I guess what bring on the USF? No, the XFL is next, right? I think yeah, I think it's this yeah. weekend. And I, oh wow! And I thought the uh, halftime show was good too. Like Rihanna revealing that she's pregnant after she just dropped the baby like three days ago. You know, like she's hey, pregnant. she's pregnant. Darian, I was I was looking at my wife during that. I was like, is she? Because you know you don't want to say it like what? Well, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm pretty sure, but I don't want to say anything. But <laughs> yeah, but I knew one thing. I did know, and one thing we have to be real about is like 
Rihanna, the NFL and the audience that the NFL has, like versus like a Rihanna type artist, I knew it was gonna be a mix, a mixed bag just because of Rihanna and her music and you know who her audience is catered to versus some typical NFL audiences. And it was so because I follow all different type of people on Twitter. It was so funny to just like see the divide. I was like, man, it was like it's like two cultures and eight is an age difference there and it's a culture difference there. And it's like so polarizing. So many people like this was like the greatest show ever. Others was like, man, oh, what like bring Bon Jovi on? Like, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it was going to be, gonna, <laughs> be polarizing no matter no matter what you wanted to do, you know, like it just, that's just what it was going to be. So, um, for what it's worth, I'm a fan of all types mm-hmm. of music and, um, it was a great show, especially her doing all that pregnant. Like, and so, uh, yeah, the whole, everything about the Super Bowl was good except the flag. And I was going to say, there is no way I would have got on that floating thing to, you know, especially, you know, with her being pregnant. I was like, man, you got to give kudos. Like, because I would have I would not have got up there. A lot of times when I see stuff like that, I think about, uh, I hate to break this up, but I think about uh, what was the wrestler that, um, you know, he was suspended in the air and he actually ended up falling. It was fatal. Was it uh, Bret Hart? You guys ain't wrestling fans? I'm not wrestling fans. So I know the name Bret Hart, but I didn't. Am I the only guy that's like interested in everything here? Like, like, it's starting to feel that way. You you know wrestling's fake, though, too, right? Like I, I thought you. Do you guys know Game of Thrones? Are you familiar? Hey, I watch I watch Game of Thrones. I can vibe with you there. Okay, so you know you felt me on the. the, Okay, all right. I I was nodding my head. Never seen vibe check. What's going on here? <laughs> all right, guys. Well, y'all ready to talk some UAB basketball? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's give the people what they came for. So we're gonna start in reverse, and we're gonna talk about what happened Saturday, and then we'll get into what happened uh, the game before Thursday. But guys, UAB whoops Middle Tennessee ninety-two to sixty-nine Saturday at the Bartow Classic. And I don't want to speak for the you know for all three of us. But in my opinion, that was the most efficient UAB has looked on the on offense by far this entire year. And, and, and by saying that, too, it wasn't just the Jelly Show. I mean, I know he led with 25 points. But how about Ty Brewer? 24 points, 11 of 18 from the field, just coming in clutch. You know, I, you know in the group text uh, during the game, there was K.J. Buffin was on a fast break. And missed the layup, but there's Tybu right there to slam it down after the miss. Like he just that was the Ty Brewer show. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was so happy to see him finally, because I mean, this is a season high for him, 24 points. But overall, UAB shot lights out. Like, it was just a good day to be in Bartow. I mean, the weather outside wasn't good, but it was it was it was nothing but good times in Bartow Arena Saturday. Yeah, Jimmy, I, but, it was really I know you were there, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, You know, we've started Todd Brewer at least a couple of different times throughout the season, but the response that he had to being put back in the starting lineup was was absolutely key. You could see that that was a point of emphasis there early in the game. They're running several actions to get him uh, jump shots and spots that he liked. And uh, he's just one of those guys that, you know, definitely you want to cheer for. I mean, the athleticism is is unreal. 
and he just did it from all three phases. Um, I think it was a UAB sports.com had posted uh, that he's hit seven of his last uh, 10 threes uh, and he's 68% from the field over the last four games. And that's with 28 total attempts. So, I mean, he's definitely hitting his uh, hot streak, you know, here during the season. So it's really cool to see, but to sit back in the Bartow arena um, and to see us never trail to lead by as many points as we did. I mean, just as a fan, I sat there at halftime and I was like, probably most of us thought this game's over. Like, it's just, let's get, let's get some of the other guys in. So, um, you know, it was really cool. And, you know, most importantly, it was a win um, in that column. And we've won five of the last six games. Yeah. So much about basketball nowadays is uh, depending on versatility. So it's not about, it's not about, it's good to have strengths, right? But it's about how can you expose the other team's weaknesses more so. So if you think about, and we're going to talk about like North Texas, but that's how like a team like North Texas is. It's like they don't really have, I mean, you say Tyler Perry, but he, after watching him, it's not, it's not, he doesn't have that jelly like one-on-one offensive ability or anything like that. Now those people raise your ceiling, but go back and think about West Virginia's team, just a very athletic, big connected unit, probably not a guy that's going to just break you down or nothing like that. But there's not many weaknesses. That's the the point of it all. Now, especially at our level, you know, I think it's about sharing the weaknesses. And I think with Ty Brewer inserted into that starting lineup, we talked about it in the beginning of the year, like how we was kind of small, you know, because we already had a small backcourt. <clears throat> and then on the wing, we weren't we weren't too big. I mean, KJ and Jemison, good job in the front court right there. But the third front court pl- player was Ladarius Brewer or Taven Lovin, you know, or some somebody like that. And they they're not the biggest of guys or not the most physical or athletic, especially at that three spot. That's what you want. Well, ties that like ties a legit six seven. He's athletic. He is strong. But now with his emergence and his confidence and his jump shot, I mean, and the switchability between him and KJ, like you, you're not going to bully him. You're not going to bully KJ. It, you have to have guys like that on the wing spot because this is this is what modern day basketball is. It's switchability. It's versatility. And it's not it's being able to have an answer for the problems. Think about the football team. When you think about our UAB football team. Uh, this past year, one thing that we didn't have is a counter, right? Like we, we kind of were who we were, but the problem is having such a strength is in such an identity. If you shut that down, what, what are you going to counter with? You know, the greatest players in history always have multiple counters. That's, that's what make a player hard to stop. You know, they like driving right. Well, they can spin left. They can finish left more. They, they can hit you with a floater. Think about Jelly on his offensive bag. When, when I, I'll get to him later, too. But Jelly has so many different ways to score. That's what makes him. He's a smaller guy, but that's what makes him special. He can shoot from long distance. He can drive it. He can step back. He can get contact and one. Like, we have counters. So, I think it wasn't the Jelly show, like you said. We got Ty Brewer going. We got all these different guys going. Guess who you can't just sit there and say, just stop now? Jelly. You know? So, and, I, and we, I'm going to circle back around to that point more, but 
to allow everyone to kind of get in on this point. But I thought that was the most important thing was to like, we, we got other guys going. So while the focus is on Jelly, that's if I'm another team, that's what I'm going to scout. Like, man, stop this guy. And they're going to kind of be all out of sorts. Well, not anymore. We're a lot more balanced team than what we were to start the year. Oh, no doubt. And I mean, you you look at the box score, um, you know, just UAB 21 assists to just nine turnovers like they spread the they passed the ball well uh, Saturday, like everybody got some. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, still Jelly was the leading scorer. But you look at Ty Brewery, like you look at KJ, like you had a lot of guys contribute. And, and real quick, too, I want to get into talking about KJ Buffin and how you know, it was a great moment to witness is early on in that game. KJ Buffin had a really good dunk and he was immediately teed up. And the only reason that I can see that he got teed up for it was because he was just turning around and looked at the middle Tennessee bench. What a weak call. Like I, I he, he didn't say anything to the middle Tennessee bench. He didn't do anything. He just looked and started trotting back down. But, you know, I, I give credit too to Steve Irvine, you know, in the postgame presser, asked uh, Andy Kennedy about that. And, like, it, it seems that the team has just grown. Like, KJ, he didn't let that affect him. Like, he, you know, he kind of <laughs> shrugged it off when he got teed up. Like, there was no, like, emotional, like, man, I can't believe this, you know, whatever, get me out of the game. No, he just shrugged it off and continued to play well. And I think that is a sign of not only leadership, but just a t- you know a sign of maturity for this team like they knew how important this ball game was not only was it you know to to honor Gene Bartow and Ruth Bartow you know and Murray Bartow was at the game um you know for the Bartow Classic but i mean this was a very important game in conference USA because the winner of this game got a game up and it's right now in third place and that's what UAB's looking at they are third place in conference USA with a 9 and 6 conference USA record and they just I don't know, man. It's like this is what we expected to see this whole year. And it's so good to see them, um, you know, kind of starting to put it together more. Um, You know, like Darian said, we'll talk about the North Texas game in a few minutes. But I'm just so proud to see what we saw on on the court in Bartow Arena this past Saturday. Like what Jimmy mentioned earlier, like (laughs) this game, UAB went up early led by as many as 30 in the game, but they never looked back. This team was focused and determined, and they all almost, you know, almost played angrily, but but a good kind of anger. Like, it wasn't like a, you know, frustrated angry. It was like a point to prove anger, not only because of what happened against North Texas Thursday night, the game before, but what happened in Murfreesboro in the glass house. Ty Brewer, so close to getting that game-winning shot off in overtime in Murfreesboro and look at Ty Brewer season high 24 points against that same team they had a point to prove and they proved it let's see what happens um going from here yeah I know you uh touched base on the assist and turnovers and what's really impressive about what Eric Gaines and Jelly were able to do I think they had two combined turnovers um playing still somewhat heavy minutes was that Middle Tennessee has a lot of length on that team. So it wasn't like we were not pressured by Middle Tennessee. The, you know, score, the spread was large, but I was just really happy to see Eric Gaines and Jelly 
you know, really spread the basketball around. Eric Gaines, 10 assists and only one turnover, and Jelly getting it going, shooting efficiently from three. That was just really cool to see. That was the team that we were thinking we were going to be as the season tipped off, and that was the backcourt, you know, that I was really excited to see, and hopefully they can use that game as uh, as a continuation for the rest of the season here to really get it going and have us finish strong. Yes, those two guys, John said a word. He said growth. Those two guys are like walking emblems of it because I remember Eric at the beginning of the year and a lot of times throughout the season, one, his body language and his attitude, It, I was like, man, I don't know if this guy is going to be able to fit. He just seemed like he was like almost a loose cannon. I have seen a guy with he his body language has been so positive. I've been seeing him not get down. I've been seeing him take that breath. And the other the sign of growth of him is he's kind of transformed from a combo guard into a true point guard. I didn't think that he would. The amount of growth that I've just seen from him has been like, I just, it's not normal, but he has clearly accepted the challenge. He's Darren, been challenged. When, when Jelly got hurt and they, that forced Gaines into being the primary point guard, me and you kind of talked, we were like, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> but look at him now. Yeah. To have 10 assists and one turnover, wow. just very controlled. He He used to be a guy early on in the year, he would always get caught in the air or just kind of always, like, kind of indecisive. Man, this dude had, I don't think, the like Jimmy said, Middle Tennessee is a team with a lot of length. When they played us, they blocked a lot of shots. The refs helped them out a lot. But that's neither here nor there, but they have a lot of length in their athletic. They can get their hands on the ball. He was very good controlling the ball, controlling the pace, controlling the tempo spreading the ball around, making right passes, being aggressive, scoring when it was time to score, using this athleticism. I'm like, he is playing with his head. That is how he's going to get drafted. Right there, playing like that, playing this role, not forcing it. Now, speaking of not forcing it, now let's go to Jelly. When Jelly, to start the year, Jelly was just so in. And this is how he started against North Texas also. It was like, I have to get my shot off by all means. In which, in turn, he would take bad shots. Mm-hmm. Like, he would get shots off, but I'm like, that is a horrible shot. It was like a, you know, step back, barely in a separate, barely in a se- uh, any separation. Have y'all ever seen a receiver, like a little slot receiver, that can't get separation and they're just depending on a jump ball? Like, if you're a five nine jump ball slot receiver, that's not a good mix, all right? Like, no. <laughs> that's not how you need to play. You 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 depend on your slot receivers to get separation, and that's how they kill their opponents. So, Jelly is smaller. Jelly is a guy that needs – he depends on his quickness and gets separation. Well, a lot of the shots that he's been getting off lately were just kind of like – pressing and i said this on many pods like he's pressing he's pressing he's pressing and if you look at the beginning of that north texas game he was pressing like Mm -hmm. he was taking some horrible shots and i'm like that's not you're giving them the ball that's a turnover basically well if you look at the half if you remember me saying i said this last basketball pod it was just so funny to see it play out 
I said, Jelly is a guy that can get his shot at any time. So he doesn't need to worry about where his points are at halftime or stuff like that because he's a guy that can go on. A, you can look up. He can go from five points to 25 points. Bam, it can be that quick. But he has to help himself out about by trusting in his teammates because they're going to they're going to focus on Jelly. Trust in your teammates. Let them get going. Loosen it up, you know, like UAB football, which we would have threw the ball, you know, to loosen it up for the run because they're focusing in on stopping the run. It's the same thing for Jelly. Like, get Ty Brewer. Ty Brewer, Ladarius Brewer, money mid-range. They've been money from three. Eric Gaines can go downhill. Heck, get Trey Jimison a hook shot, you know. But, but just seeing him, I think, at halftime of the game, I think he had six points. Two threes he made. It was either six or nine points, but it was single digits. And then it's like you look up, it's like 25 points. Uh, you know, it's like crazy. Well, guess what? We was blowing Middle Tennessee out at halftime. And it wasn't Jelly that was doing it. Jelly was just trusting in his teammates, and he was letting the gravity of his presence on the court help them get going. So it's like you take what the defense give you. Y'all wanna y'all wanna play off Tybrew? Y'all wanna act like KJ Buffin can't score? Well, there you go. Well, we're gonna feast on you until you loosen up off of me. And he got going. What are you gonna stop? There's, there's and that's why I go I pivot back around to counters. So just to see the team be so balanced and have counters and trust in each other, that's that's like beautiful basketball. We play like that, and we have the size like Ty Brewer, 6'7", on the wing with K.J. Buffin and Trey Jemison. That's a big front court. We didn't lose shooting. Everybody's shooting well. All of a sudden, Eric Gaines done turned into a freaking sniper. He makes his threes a lot now. Like It's crazy to see if this is the team going forward in the way that we've been growing, in the way like uh, just stylistically, and how we've been trusting in each other. And Coach Kennedy... Man, this has been a coaching job to turn that team around, to turn this team around from what it was and how we could have backslid from um, Jelly getting hurt and no, that losing streak we had. Coach Kennedy to, to challenge these guys, to coach them up right, to get them to buy in because with how they're playing and, and how they are reacting, how K, uh, KJ Buffin is reacting, how Eric Gaines is reacting, that's coaching. And um, I man, I'm just I can't say enough about the coaching job, and I can't say enough about how these guys has responded as leader. How Jelly Jelly been on Twitter just being accountable, being a leader, yeah, being a leader that's special, that's growth. And I'm just so proud of this team. I'm like I, I think I'm liking this team like I like last year's team now. Like I didn't think I was gonna be able to get to that point, but. Just uh, kudos to Coach Kennedy and that staff, man. This team is uh, a team that's acting like they love to play with each other now, and that's they, we couldn't say that in the beginning of the year. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to AK and that staff. You know, Ryan Cross, Pearson, Coach Pearson, like uh, that whole staff. They've done a great job with this team because, I mean, you're definitely right, Darren. Like a lot of head coaches, especially like where, where UAB was having that downward slide and lose, losing streak, like – your best player, you know, was hurt, didn't look like he, you know, was coming back for a while. A lot of coaches would have just packed it in and be like, okay, you know what? 
I messed up, whatever. We'll just, you know, hit the portal again next year and redo it. But no, AK got the guy's attention, worked them hard in practice. And this is, you know, proof of that. Like they are finally starting to, you know, kind of click, uh, especially on the offensive offense. But I want to talk about the defensive effort. And Darian, this is something, you know, and Jimmy, that we've kind of talked about um, in our text group. But the defensive intensity from this UAB team, even in the North Texas game, and we'll, again, we'll get into that in a minute, even though they lost at North Texas, I thought they did a good job defensively against North Texas. They did a great job defensively against Middle Tennessee. Like, you look, this, this is one guy that I put in my uh, Three Keys to a Blazer Victory article on blazervictory.com was DeAndre Dishman, uh, you know, front court guy. Killed UAB for like 25 points uh, in the Conference USA tournament. I think he had like he had double digits the last time in Murfreesboro. You know what he ended up with? Just four points, and mm. two of those four were from free throws. Shout out to Trey Jemison down low, Javion Davis. Really, but really the whole team. Like this team is finally playing really strong defense. Like you know some of the guys. Hey, they might be small and they might not can play the best defense, but I tell you what, they're hustling their butts off now and trying to trap guys, getting in, getting in front of guys. Like they, you can tell there is more of an effort lately, and that's just not this game. That's been the last week or week, probably week or two, two weeks. Like they have picked up the team defensive intensity, and you just love to see it. You you really just love to see it. So, uh, you know, again, Bartow Classic. 92 to 69 UAB solidified. Well, not solidifies. There's still um, a couple weeks left, but for now has that third place in the conference USA standings. So good to see really big win for UAB, but you guys ready to talk about what happened in Denton in the super pit? It's North Texas. Let's do it. Jimmy, you want to start us off? Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously heartbreaking game two overtime loss. Uh, so, you know, that's going to sting a little bit. That also speaks to just how nice it was to be able to bounce back in the big way that we did on Saturday. You know, when I'm thinking about the game against North Texas, you know, there's some obvious uh, things to point out. And, and one is the free throw disparity. So, you know, when you look at our total free throw attempts, we finished five of 10, five of 10, mm-hmm. excuse me, in North Texas, obviously they hit everything 23 of 25 from the free throw line and uh, that's really difficult it's going to be difficult for us no matter who we're playing if we don't get to the free throw line Uh, I think before the game we were averaging 25 free throw attempts 18 makes a game on 74 percent from the line so it's certainly one of the strengths of this team and as I was watching the first half I don't think we took a free throw attempt until 11 25 remaining in the first half and as you guys remember that was when JVN Davis went to the line and unfortunately missed three straight attempts and you look at the halftime statistics and I think we're down five and uh, the free throw disparity we were 0 for three Uh, North Texas was eight for eight so it really started early and it continued throughout the game credit to UNT again for hitting everything at the free throw line I was joking uh, with Brad at the game at against Middle Tennessee, it, it just starts to feel when you're struggling from the free throw line that the other team can't miss. And it really just starts to like mentally frustrate you as a fan to watch that. And unfortunately, we also had, um, you know, at the end of the game, we saw Jelly go to the line and he had a one 
one and one. I think there was about 20 seconds left in the game, and I could have put us up three, and he missed the front end. And, you know, that happens. But, you know, the free throw disparity from start to finish was a concern, and, and that was the thing that stuck out to me first and foremost as it relates to why ultimately we weren't able to get um, the win in Denton. Yeah, um, Jimmy, I think you're right. Like, <clears throat> I think that's the thing that you that you're gonna see first is the free throws, right? The disparity and us missing. Um, I, we left a lot of points out there on the free throw line, and that's the first thing that, like, if you just you know, if Jelly make those uh, free throws, and I love that he took accountability, but this game was far from his fault. Let's start there, but. That's that's gonna be the first thing that pop out. It's like, hey man, maybe if we just made two more free throws, um, we win that game, and that would have been a quiet one game. But overall, I like how we played in that game. We were, um, I I just, I just hated that defensively we were we were good ninety five percent of the time. I realized that North Texas really doesn't. And they can say, you can say whatever, people can say whatever you want about Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is not like a Jelly Walker type of creator. He is not that. He, from watching that game, he is a guy that, North North Texas is a, guy, is a team that will take advantage of your mistakes. So if they can get a loose ball, get an offensive rebound, put back, or if it's a long rebound, they got a lot of long rebounds for threes. You know, it'll be an open three. So if you look at like, when Tyler Perry hit those back-to-back threes, when we started to go on a run, one was like on the offensive rebound. He got, he was able to get, one was luck and he just hit off the backboard. Like that's not really, you know, and then one was, um, that 5% of the defense that I didn't like was us getting lost. It wasn't really us getting beat. It was us kind of like making, just like losing our head for a second. And when they were able to shake free, now they they are a team of skill. They can make open shots. They can't make contested shots. They didn't they didn't make not one contested shots when we were doing the things that we were supposed to do when we were mentally locked in. They didn't make a shot. Whenever we didn't like, for example, I know one play. Um, I think it was um it wasn't Tyler Perry it was the other guard that kind of uh Kai what's his name. Is it Hunsberry? Hunsberry. Yeah. Like, I know he made some some post shots. And well, let me start. Like, when guards get in the post and play like a power forward, bro, it's like the ugliest thing. They like hit hook shots. It's like the ugliest <laughs> type of basketball to me. I hate, <laughs> I hate that type of basketball. But hey, it worked for him. He scored, he scored twice in the post. But one play, their center popped out to the top of the key, like the top of the three-point line. And this is this is an example, and I hate to kind of put Trey on the spot here, but um, Trey kind of like followed him out there. It left the lane wide open. There was no reason. I remember seeing him do it. He just naturally, as a player, when you play basketball, you just taught to kind of stick with your man. You don't need that dude is not shooting the ball. He's a center. He's a non-shooter. He's a hustle guy that gets offensive rebounds and putbacks. Stay back in the lane. Huntsbury, as soon as he saw that, beeline right to the hole and one. You know, and that was a big that was a big basket down the uh, down uh, down the stretch. 
and they was able to really get energized off of that hand one. I can't remember who it was on exactly, but he just soon as soon as he saw Trey Jimson, he saw no help. And there was no reason. And Trey tried to get back into play and block it, but it was too late. I think he realized, like, dang, what am I out here for? But we had a couple of lapses like that defensively. You know, uh, Tony Tony kind of flopped um, on a big basket on, from Huntsbury. It was no reason to flop. Just stay in your ground and make him shoot over you. He shot over you the first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. But do not flop. We had a just just a couple of times. I'm like, dude, that Tyler Perry three, we let him get open. It was Ladarius Brewer that time that just fell asleep. The guy just, he just ran around. Open three, we didn't contest. <laughs> like, and he made it. I'm like, this dude just made his last three off of offense. Now we, off of offensive rebound, now we let him get hot. Now we let them get back in the game. And that's what we have to correct. And when it comes to big games, we have to mentally stay locked in. North Texas is a team that they they stay locked in. I think I, I think we're more talented than they are on an individual basis. But I think mentally, just how they play, they show that they're going to just continue to run their plays or whatever, and they're going to take what, you, what they can get, and they're going to play defense. That's it. And um, if you give them an open shot, they're going to make it. And we gave them too many opportunities. Like, we missed those free throws. We had those lapses. If we stay locked in, we win that game by 7-8. And if we hit our free throws, too. So I was actually encouraged by what I saw because I can't say for most of the game we were locked in. And then, and then the, uh, offensively, they were able to – We, they went on runs, and they were able to kind of put us in a draw because I think um, they're a good defensive team. They're really good defensively, and they were able to kind of get us out of sorts to where it's like we didn't have confidence in what we wanted to do offensively. We should have just kept running what we run. I would have liked to see Jamie and Davis go back in the game because he's like a calming presence. Like when we kind of get out of whack – He's a guy that you can just throw it down to on the block and he can make something happen. Um, and when we kind of just can't get a good shot. That's when Jelly, we saw Jelly pressing a lot, doing those step back threes, those step. <laughs> hey, like, let's get some good shots in first. He got way better that second half, but in the first half, oh my God, it was like step back in transition. Oh, like, let me just put a move on and just throw up a, a mid range shot while I'm contorting my body. Like, and it's fool's goal when he hits one of those shots. Like I talked about that. I hate when he hit one because he's like, he's going to keep taking them. And he think those are good shots. But he got better the second half, and he learned. I can tell he learned that Middle Tennessee game, and he trusted his teammates, man. And it's so many things that uh, that we could have done to, to won that game. But for the most part, we played well. And I think that's something that we can build off of. I want to see them in the tournament. We owe them. Like I feel I, the same I, way. I, I want to yes. get them in the tournament. I think we. I think we will expose them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I, you know, Darren, you and Jimmy hit on everything pretty much. Um, especially the free throw disparity. I mean, I mean, yeah. Hey, yeah. It's hard to win on the road, let alone in conference, if you can't hit your free throws. And uh, at the end of the day, I do think that's what doomed UAB. Um, I, I do agree with Darian that um, 95% of that game, UAB played very well defensively. I will say, though, 
Trey Jimison got worked in that first half by Usman. I mean, Usman only had, he ended up with, what, 15? But I swear, 10 or 12 of those uh, were from the first half, and he was just working Jimison and Davis inside. Um, so credit to the big fella down. Um, you know, in, in the article, uh, my three keys to a Blazer victory, I wrote that, that that was going to be a uh, matchup to watch between Usman and Jimison. First half, I think Usman won, but I think second half, Trey stepped up and did a better job and um, kind of held Usman in check um, the second half. But, I mean, when he's able to get going inside, it's kind of tough to beat this North Texas team. But it's not really about Usman scoring. It's about his energy. And he caught Trey Jimison a lot of times just kind of. Yeah, flat-footed. And so, I mean, he was caught just. Him <laughs> he caught yeah. him sleeping, and he was able to knock the ball out, even if he didn't get the rebound. He was able to out. He really outworked. I don't know if he physically outworked him or if he just mentally was like, I'm. He was locked in all the time. So if the ball was in the air, he was running around. Yes. He was trying to get his hands on the ball. What Trey was just kind of ball watching, and I get it because most people are kind of gonna, kind of gonna ball watch. You kind of can just lay a hand on them, and you, if you already got position, it's kind of like you know it's basketball. No, not this guy. I I, I really respect his game because he was gonna. He's always going to be active. That is the name of his game, and I respect it because that's a skill. A motor is a skill, and um, he really killed Trey with activity. I was like, Trey ain't used to this because mm-hmm. God just stay active, and he always got a hand. I think that's how um, Tyler Perry started to get hot because I think he knocked the ball out, you know, wide open three, you know, bam, off off of off a tap out basically. Half of the balls he wasn't even getting; he was just like hitting. He was just being a freaking piss, man. That's the hardest guys to guard sometimes. If we if we see North Texas again in the tournament, we've got to draw fouls on Usman. So yes. he is someone that in previous games you can look at the at the at the box scores here. He's picked up five fouls, four fouls, four fouls, and really you look across the different games. He's playing twenty three minutes here, twenty two, twenty six, twenty six. He played forty one against us mm. in two overtime. So. You know, that had to be, man, it had to be a career high in minutes for Usman. And to Darian's point, he's very active. And so uh, if we do see North Texas again, I'm going to make a footnote that we've got to get him on the bench. Like, you know, just pick up another a second quick foul, get him out of the game for a little while. That way we can get into a rhythm. Um, And that's going to be critical if we do see him again. And in 41 minutes, only one foul. That is insane. That's crazy. I think that shows that we wouldn't match his energy or physicality. No. Uh-uh. I mean, I think Trey did a better job in the second half, but st- like kind of guarding him. But yeah, but matching his energy. I, I mean, I, that, to me, I know Tyler Perry had 28. Um, but to me, Usman was the um, player of the game for North Texas. Oh, yeah, because Tyler Perry had an inefficient 28. Like, I'm not worried about it. It took him a lot of shots to get to that 28. And, and, how, and how and how do you get a lot of shots? You get rebounds, and look who got out out rebounded that game. Uzma, yeah. So, so, but hey, overall, you know, UAB loses in double overtime, eighty-two to seventy-nine. I thought most of the game UAB did play well, so it's really just hey, you hit some of them free throws. If like like Jimmy mentioned earlier, if Jelly makes that front end of the one and one. I mean, it's UAB ices that game, so, and, and that was yeah. Jelly's only that was Jelly's only free throw for the game. 0 for one. Mm. That was his only free throw. 
Yeah, and he wanted that one too. Like he would not pass yes. it, and he was confident. And I'm like, man, this is just just our luck, right? You know. But I think we played well enough to win that game. Um, we just didn't convert um, on those three throws, and we didn't stay locked in mentally. Like we weren't able to handle Usman's energy, and um, just we mentally, North Texas challenges you the whole game, not only with their physicality, but just with their mind. And you have to uh, just meet with their. If you fight fire for, uh, with fire with them, you can win against them. But you just gotta want it more. What's that Metallica song? Fight fire with fire. Yeah, have y'all heard that song? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Game of Thrones. That's Metallica. <laughs> okay, okay, I see how it is. No, well, I think we can wrap it up with uh, the recap the North Texas. I mean, hey guys, I mean, I, I know y'all y'all feel the same. Like overall. UAB played well, just the free throws and just a couple things like then, like what Darian said, I think UAB wins by seven or eight points. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so it's there. Um, but hey, that's OK. They got right in Bartow Saturday, beat Middle Tennessee. So UAB is now nine and six in Conference USA. But now we got to hit the road. UAB will travel to El Paso for the last time, at least. It's conference mates in Conference USA this Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. It'll be on ESPN Plus. But, guys, you see that record, UTEP's record, 5-9 and in Conference USA. But you you both know as well as I do, it is hard to win in the Don Haskins Center uh, against UTEP. So, if we can just continue what we showed against Middle Tennessee, don't take this team for granted. Put them away early. Then I like UAB to win by double digits. But that's that's a big if. Like, you know, hey, the UAB faced this team in December and darn well de- probably deserved to lose that ball game in Bartow. Uh, but somehow, some way, they were able to get it to double overtime and pull out, squeak out a win in Bartow over UTEP. But it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's not going to be easy in El Paso to beat UTEP. Um, but what, 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 what's your guys' reads on the, what's your guys' read on this game, uh, Darren? What, do, what are you saying? We're a different team. You know. There you go. We're you a go. totally different team um, than what we were in December, and I feel confident in saying that. I, I'm very confident in saying that. I'm happy as hell. Um, where we at? Where coaching staff? has gotten his, uh, gotten his team to this point. And I just want to see us continue to grow. We have grown every game since hitting adversity. This is how I wish to – I hate to keep harping back to it, but I wish the football team would have responded like this, but we didn't. But this team has really responded with growth, and um, they have really found an identity. They have started trusting each each other. Um, Javion Davis and uh, Ty Burrow have both been better, much better since they got suspended that one game. Uh, all it seemed like all the right buttons. I wanted to say also is like um, I, I I said something about Coach AK's like timeout usage and how he I felt like he kind of sometimes let some teams get going and he used his times out to, timeout too late. No, like. He was killing it. If you made two bases in a row, timeout. 
Yep. He did that both games. Like he was using it. He 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 used this. He coached his butt off that North Texas game. And even though it resulted in a loss, I felt like it was his best his best coach game. Because when uh, Jelly started doing those um, crazy shots or whatever, I saw him on the sideline calm him down, making passes to Eric and run plays and get other guys going. I I've seen enough visual evidence from the coach and the players and the response. To say, I'm not. I'm not really worried about UTEP. I am worried about how the team will they continue to grow is what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the players they have on that side. I'm worried about is it true? Is this the growth that we've been showing? Is that us? Is this our identity? They have a chance, another chance to prove it against UTEP. That's how I look at it. Hey, I'll definitely be nervous going to the matchup. Uh, as John stated, it's a difficult place to win. And on the road, we haven't been as successful as we would have hoped thus far this season. To Darian's point, we have witnessed that growth really over the last five or six games. And so I'm encouraged at the same time. When you think about the last matchup, we were out-rebounded by 14. And we're a good rebounding team. We allow 20 offensive rebounds, and so we know what UTEP is going to do. They're going to, you know, they're going to be super physical. Uh, they're going to play incredible defense. They're going to try to turn us over, and so it's going to be important that that growth that we saw with Eric Gaines and Jelly, with the high assist and the efficient um, offensive uh, side of the ball, we're going to have to continue that and not turn the ball over. I don't think UTEP is a great offensive team and so the last thing we want to do is give them easy buckets at home what ak calls pick sixes we don't want to give them those easy opportunities so that's going to be something to watch as well they don't convert well at the line so again you know i think the key is going to be that we take care of the basketball that we really just avoid the letdown we maintain our composure we don't let them get in our heads to me it's kind of like uh, if you're playing pickup basketball and you get matched up against someone, you overlook them a little bit. You're like, I don't think this person can shoot. And then, you know, you play and they hit a few shots. Okay, next game, that's not going to happen again. So it's one thing for AK to say, hey, this team's going to be super physical. They're going to play incredible defense. And, you know, they tried to take it to us and bar to the last time we saw them. Now we've seen it. Now we've played against it and we know, hey, they're going to be very scrappy. They're going to go, they're going to go after all of these offensive rebounds. So I think we're going to have a good game plan going in. We just have to embrace the physicality. We've got to hope for Jelly to have a better shooting performance than he did against them this past time. He actually went two of 15 from three, if you all remember that. So, you know, I don't think it's going to take our best game to win in El Paso, but those are just a few things that I'm going to keep an eye out for uh, to see us hopefully uh, walk out with a victory. Yes, and, and I'm not going to say a whole lot. Uh, guys, go to blazervictory.com Wednesday morning. You will see a preview article for the three keys to a Blazer victory uh, for over UTEP. But I, I will follow up what Jimmy just said. You know, Jelly only making two of those <laughs> three-pointers. Overall, in the first matchup, UAB was 3 of 24 from 3 for 12%. Just awful. awful. <laughs> Ice cold. Awful. Like, I don't even know if it could get any worse than that. And And also, hey... UTEP turned the ball, <laughs> ball over 25 times in that ball game. So that's single-handedly how UAB was able to squeak that uh, victory out in Bartow. Um, but, but yes, UTEP is a very physical team. UAB will have to bring it. And hopefully they, you know, number one, win. But 
I want to see a convincing win on the road. Don't you guys like just get yes. a convincing win over a lesser opponent on the road. That's going to build up our confidence even more heading into March. We did so. well against Rice. We got to bring that same energy, start off the game strong. And, and to your point, hopefully not be too stressed that late into the evening with an eight o'clock tip on Thursday. Oh, I hate eight o'clock tips. <laughs> um, but, but yes, uh, Darren, anything to add? Anything else to add on you, Tip? No, sir. I got some Buffalo Wild Wings waiting on me. Let's go. Hey, B-Dubs, if you want to sponsor us, hey, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, UAB does have another game um, Saturday, after that U- a game against UTEP. Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, um, UAB will travel to the Convo Center to take on the UTSA Roadrunners. Um, I'm going to struggle with writing an article for this game. <laughs> um, I mean... Guys, I'm not trying to be mean, but if UAB shows up and kind of Jimmy's point, um, not overlooking your opponent, if 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 UAB just shows up, UAB should should roll UTSA in the combo center. Ah, oh, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three three nineteen and Kim Palm three seventeen the net. Don't Ooh. overlook them. <laughs> not not good. Hey. Not good at all. Me. UTEP UTEP Me. is uh. They got a good side and a bad side. UTSA, when you look at their offensive and defensive efficiency, it's both in red. It's both uh, 267 adjusted offensive efficiency, 335 on the uh, defensive side. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully this week is a week in which we can get two wins. I mean, UTSA, me- UTSA has got to get together, to get it together heading into the American like that. Like, what is going on? John, Jimmy, me. Noah and my daughter. <laughs> we are Let's, we are like taking them to the fourth quarter in the closing game, bro. Like <laughs> happened. They had they had those two electric scores. And you thought they were putting something together, and since then it's just been rough. It yeah. was it a Jarvis Jack or no? What was that dude's name? Uh, I can I picture one was one was twenty two, and I know yes. um, it was last name Jackson. I'm forgetting who it was as well. That was the other one, but yeah, they were electric. I remember them and Barto. They hit really. Mm-hmm clutch shots in there. I mean, that was a difficult game, so I'm not sure what happened after that. We'll have to have some of the UTSA uh, faithful tell us what's going on with that, but I agree. They are doing so well in football that we we just hope for the conference sake that they can turn around a little bit on the basketball court. And Darian, uh, speaking of birds, what, what kind of wings are you eating right now? Um, well, I'm finna, go, I'm finna go eat them, but I got some um, Asian zing. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I love Asian Zing. I got a couple mild. I got those for the kids, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm about to eat those too. Hey, y'all know at Barto they come around and they do the Buffalo uh, Wild Wings sponsorship and they hand out the wings. So they've actually yeah. came to me twice this season. I said no because I just wasn't hungry. I already ate. And uh, <sighs> speaking of our wives, uh, not happy about that. I was told that. <laughs> The next time that somebody offers me free Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm bringing it home. Doesn't matter. So, dude, but I was gonna say, to be honest, like I'd be stressed out eating some wings. Like, while you're trying to watch a basketball game in Bartow, yeah. like you're getting your hands messy. Like, oh, oh, I'd probably say <laughs> no too. <laughs> she just wants me to bring them home for her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I think we um, hit it on um, both of those games. Uh, UAB, hey, let's go two and zero. Get two more wins. And just get some confidence rolling, heading towards Frisco. Um, but, Darren, you want to close us out, buddy? Yes, sir. Blazer Nation, let's ride. Let's ride.